live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Hey, welcome in on a Wednesday morning, the final day of May 2023, May 31st. And we start out your morning in the capital city, as you heard there in the weather. Believe it or not, the storms missed us last night. What the heck? Who could have saw that coming? But nonetheless, yes, we uh, wake up uh, with a uh, with a dry morning, at least for the time being. I'm going to see highs in the 90s. We saw the warmest day yesterday of 2023 to date. And uh, we're going to get up in that range once again today in those low 90s. Your rain chances throughout the day today, well, I mean, I don't know if I should even give you any hope for this thing, but into the afternoon, uh, overnight hours, 25%, basically through the entire late afternoon, evening, overnight, uh, early morning hours tomorrow. Uh, My prediction, five hundredths of an inch. If to, any. To, to the hundredth. If any. Two hundred yes. Uh zero or five one hundredths of an inch is what we'll see out of that. Actually, uh, they go up a little bit tomorrow, uh during the uh during the afternoon, up to a whopping forty three percent. So be on the lookout. Pack those umbrellas, right? Be ready to go. If that I mean at this point, if it rains, I don't know if people even want to be covered from it. They just want it to to drench their bodies. It's like the best chance it's going to be late Friday afternoon, Friday evening. That's when it's going to be? All right. That'd be good. That'd be all right. Friday afternoon, Friday evening. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we do have, yeah, late, exactly what you said, up to a 70% chance there, at least right now. We'll believe it when we see it, ladies and gentlemen. Correct on that? So Wednesday morning, got a good day for you today. Of course, it's a What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. This is the weekly opportunity we give to you to announce to the world that thing, uh, maybe a very little thing that drives you nuts, that makes you mad, that frustrates you, uh, and share it with us, and you may find some... Uh, empathetic ears, some agreeable ears on these things, and we commiserate together and we go away from the whole thing just feeling a lot better and ready to attack the day without that on our chest. So if you want to be a part of that, some ways to do that right now, facebook.com slash LNK today. There's already a discussion going on on the Facebook page. You can post in the thread there, or if you would like to use the text line, you can do that right now at 402-479-1400. And go ahead and text that in there. Or you can wait for the segment to start at 710 and give us a call, as some of our regular listeners like to do. So those are your choices to be part of that. Also very busy throughout the rest of the show, counting down the uh, five things people are talking about today with your morning drive during the 8 o'clock hour. Bringing Jason Peterson in, our tech guru. And it seems like every day we've got more AI stories that are coming out. Got another one today in the sound off. That's. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try and put a lipstick on a pig here. It's fairly disturbing. So we've got that coming up during the eight o'clock hour as well. Ask uh, him about the new iOS upgrade. That, okay. That came out yesterday. All right. I will ask him about that as well. What have you done it? Is there something I should know about it? Well, uh, I did it, and now I can't even find out what version i've got so oh okay it just spins 
All right. Well, I just, uh, by the way, an update on my phone. A couple weeks ago, I was asking you guys the question if I should consider not repairing my very cracked screen on my phone, which makes it, uh, you know, about 80% impossible to use in a lot of situations unless I'm moving the text around to the area of the screen that I can still see it. I finally broke down, laid down the cache, which was a lot. We're talking three hundred bucks, and got that thing, got that thing fixed. Got a new battery put in it. So, so you went with the fix and, uh, and not the new. Yeah, phone. it still was cheaper, believe it or not. Even with the even if the deals that they give you on the plan, it still ended up being cheaper to get the fix. And so, went ahead and did that. And so I uh, now can now I can now read your texts uh, without looking at my watch. And the, I'll be honest, it's nice though. We'll, it was very. There's a very tiresome going you, through all those. Uh, reinstall the Facebook app. Uh, the, I have the fa- I I put the Facebook app back on a little while ago. Can't remember why, but had some it was some work related reason that I wanted to have it on. So yes, I do have I do have Facebook on my phone. I don't spend a lot of time scrolling it, but I do have it once again on my phone. I have noticed I've taken so many pictures on my phone uh, that I haven't downloaded. Like we're talking like a year of pictures that I need to download and get off. Uh, of my phone or upload to my computer and i've noticed i think it's taken up so much space that it is if if i don't use an app for like five days it'll send it up it'll get it off the phone like Mm. it'll send it up to the cloud so you've got to re-download it i've noticed that and i have a lot a lot of those on there so only my only my uh, most used one so those uh, will be some of the things we'll talk to jason peterson about coming up at 8 to 10 and uh scheduled depending on how his schedule works out uh, we are scheduled to have John Bishop joining us. I think he's working around a dentist appointment this morning, and so we will be we may be subject to the to his own dental health and the schedule that that takes today. So, uh, tentatively scheduled to talk to John Bishop at eight thirty five as well. So that's what we've got going on today. News today, uh, as Mark reported, but we'll just bring up for a little bit more conversation on uh, voter ID uh, in the current form of the committee bill passes another level uh filibuster is broken so that will be on to final reading next it passed the second round of debate only three votes out there not to send it to cloture and not to move it on at that point of course that was the vast minority in this thing and more (laughs) more barbs thrown out on the legislative floor uh by senator slama and the secretary of state which is uh one of the one of the battles that I didn't see coming here during this legislative session where you've got a couple of people who you would think would probably be pretty aligned on things but they are not on this very much so and she's very frustrated uh, even going to the point saying yesterday hey she said look I think I think the people in the legislature and the committee who have done this have done it in good faith in terms of the negotiating including state senator Tom Brewer uh, but she said, I do not think that is the case with Secretary of State. And so some continued strong language from her as she went, did a filibuster yesterday that was eventually broken for this thing. And another indication uh, that it looks like this will eventually pass not only the legislature, get signed by the governor, and then whatever happens next, likely lawsuit, uh, at least according to her, then that would be next. So. That's where we are there, but looks like a step closer to the voting voter ID system, whereby if you were 
if you are the the probably still the biggest thing in this thing is that if you're voting by mail, you essentially have to request your ballot with with your voter ID number essentially instead of your, vote your state issued ID state issued ID I'm sorry state issued ID with your number as a, and then they'll cross check it and make sure that exists uh, as opposed to voting and basically doing it in front of a notary and getting it signed or a witness uh, and then sending the the ballot in so yeah some sort of a, a witness it's 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 really on the timing of the thing does it occur does it occur when you request the ballot or does it occur when you send the completed ballot in and the former is the one that's in the bill that looks like it's going to pass among some other rules and regulations that would then go into effect for the primary in 2024 which is scheduled for may 14th so so we're going to be talking about a year from now is this primary and everything that goes along with that and then the voter id impact on that voting turnout uh, how it worked, if there were any glitches, so forth. But again, with the extensive support of the county election commissioners around the state, save for one, um, it looks like this is something that I, I assume the governor, it has, he's expressed support for it before, and so looks like this is something that will go into law, and then we'll see. And speaking of lawsuits, Mark, you were just, uh, just opining yesterday that you were surprised that we had not heard anything in terms of lawsuits regarding the abortion slash um, transgender care for minors bill that was passed and signed by the governor. Well, it only took a few hours after you said that. They must have heard because ACLU filed a lawsuit on behalf of Planned Parenthood to challenge the legality of that bill yesterday in Lancaster County District Court. Now, what is the basis of it? They're going after the single question rule. Essentially saying this this could not should not could not have been passed under state law because it's asking two separate questions of law that is not allowed by state law and therefore should be first of all there should be an injunction against it and then it should be null and void until you go through and you actually do them on single question so that will be a question from Lancaster District Court uh, right. now, probably now, getting all the way up to the Supreme Court a of the procedural state. question for you sir counselor. Yes, uh, and if, once this has been filed, uh, as I understand it, the state has thirty days to respond to it. Can the judge issue an injunction immediately, though? Uh, just halting, uh, putting the, the law on hold that's, at this point. That's it. They, they, I assume that the the plaintiff could ask in this case for an expedited hearing on injun- emergency injunctive relief um, on 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 this. So my guess is that could happen. I don't know if it will. In this case, but the pleading, the, the the pleading itself, the answer basically to the complaint is what you're referring to. That's what the defense has 30 days, essentially responding to all, all of the allegations that the plaintiff makes in this case. Um, but there can be a request granted for emergency injunctive relief. I don't know that it will happen for sure. I don't know if they would win that for sure. But yeah, that could that when the timing is such that that needs to happen, uh, the it's not necessarily going to you know the the defendant doesn't necessarily get to run out the clock for thirty days preventing that from happening. So, um, so we could, as we long as they've been action. served, as long as they've been served, right? Right. And they, they've gotten appearance, they've entered an appearance so, in that case. So, so we, we could, could see some additional movement on we this could. fairly. Quickly. I don't know for sure that we will, but we could on on. Um, 
on this thing. And because the abortion part of it goes into effect, has gone into effect already. Right. The other one doesn't go into effect until, uh, I believe, this fall. October. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, those are a couple of things in the uh, in the news this morning. Uh, let's see, Mark. I had a couple they're, other they're things. Taking down. up the uh, line item vetoes today. Some attempts to override. Oh, okay. So that'll that'll come today. Uh, no word yet on who's filing those, but it's on the agenda. Okay, and uh, maybe among the notable ones with that, that's got to do with the Medicaid reimbursement rates Medicaid, and the impact that it's got on right. hospitals around the state, medical and, facilities, and the, the uh, facility that Cedars is uh, trying to construct for uh, pregnant teens and and some of their um, growth, um, expanding their services. So okay, those would be the the bigger ones. Okay, yeah, so. Got all of that. Uh, Nebraska Athletic Department announces, hey, if you didn't get tickets to the volleyball game and you're regretting it. You got one more chance. You got one more chance. You got to be one of about 9,000 lucky people starting tomorrow, Thursday at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. It'll be a lot of standing room only, but they do have... Um, quite a few bleacher seats available as well that were just kind of internal holds from the last sale. So they've been able to make some more room for for seats with the standing room only, and and I, I presume this is um, these are seats on the on the ground for well, the most part. Well, yeah, for for the most part, yeah, for the most part they are down on the field and standing room only. But there there are some in the stands. Okay, it, it's not exclusively standing room only. Um, this will bring the total. Up to about ninety one thousand, and that won't include um, staff or credential media. Non ticketed, non ticketed, non- the non ticketed people. So, so when, in theory, if everybody shows up that buys a ticket, and then you add in the non ticketed people, that would break the break the record of the nineteen ninety nine Women's World Cup game. Correct in in the Rose Bowl, which correct. was a which was a packed event. I mean, I remember watching that on TV, and it seemed huge at the time. This would be. Moving ahead of that in this scenario and would be the number one most viewed live women's sporting event in the United States yes. of all time. Not in the world, but in the in the United States. And the number one, I guess you could probably say the number one non-soccer women's event of all time in the world. Yeah, that's what it would the, be, yeah. The other ones are, are all soccer games. So Or football, as they like to call it. Or football. As, it's soccer. As we, they, we can just say it. <laughs> We'll, yeah, we we'll, don't. Have, we don't we'll have just to put do, it out there. Hey, Ted Lasso's over. We don't have to talk about that anymore, right? <laughs> no, no spoilers. I, I didn't. I, I didn't I'm like four, four or five episodes behind, so I got no spoilers. I have, I have so many words muted on Twitter <laughs> for today. <laughs> between I, I know between that and all the succession talk, which I don't have Max, but I assume at some point in my life I'll probably go through and watch Succession, and so everybody's sweeting out spoilers on that, and I'm just trying. To forget what I'm reading because I don't quite get it. I haven't watched any of the show, but I'm I'm avoiding that. And what was the other one? The uh, um, Barry also yep. wrapped up. There were gosh, there were so many. We talk about there not really being seasons anymore for shows because there's so many streaming. All all these shows kind of just ended mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. And I I've been watching uh, I've been watching Beef on Netflix. I don't know if anybody else watches that, but I just got to the finale of that, which was. An epic finale as well. That was a really good show. If you're looking for something, I really enjoyed it. Kind of a black comedy, mm-hmm. but it was. It, it's all based on a single road rage incident between two people, and then how it basically ruins both of their lives. Oh. It's uh, 
it's an interesting it's a really interesting well done show so that was a crazy i was that was the final episode that i watched none of the ones that everybody else was was watching this weekend so i've uh, got all of that for your headlines this morning i uh guys went through the process yesterday of registering a student in classes at the university of nebraska lincoln and boy, let me tell you, that process has changed <laughs> since I've done it. Uh, they uh, they have some interesting technology now. So, I mean, some impressive technology, frankly, to do this. But you can go through and you 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 know you pick the classes that you want to be in, and then you can plug in all these parameters. Like, uh, okay, I want I don't want any classes more than twenty minutes together or less than twenty minutes apart. Mm-hmm. I should say. Mm-hmm. Or I want this time of the day, I, d- I don't want to have a class. Yep. Right? I want to have my lunch hour open, or this is when I have a job, like a part-time job or or something like that. And then it will spit out with your classes, with whatever parameters that you had, every possible iteration of a schedule that you could have mm-hmm. with that. And some of them, you know, as we were narrowing it down, trying different classes, like some of them you had like 400 different schedules. <laughs> and so you're kind of... So you're kind of going through, and so my son and I were having the discussion. Okay, so what do you what what would be you know the smartest way to organize a schedule? And he and I agreed, let's get some classes in the morning to get you out of bed. Mm-hmm. That was that was an important one. Let's get some classes pre nine a.m. to make sure you're uh, you're getting out of bed. And then my advice from having uh, remembering my days in college is like, don't stack a day up with like three classes back to back because a little bit of time before is always helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got something that needs to be done. And so I think we found a good one on the waiting list for one class, but it's fascinating. It made me, you know what though? I went out, we had, we did kind of a, uh, on campus yesterday, we did a bit of uh, like an enrollment orientation thing, and then we have like a larger all full day orientation on Thursday. It kind of made me want to go back to college, guys. It kind of made me sad I never went to the University of Nebraska and got that experience. It looks fun. Yeah. Looks fun. The cl- All the classes that they've got. I'm like, hey, I want to take that class. <laughs> hey, this is really interesting. They got something for everything. The the volume of classes was amazing to me, mm-hmm. and different things, um, and like you got to go through still, and there's a bit of a liberal arts component to it. Liberal arts meaning variety of disciplines, not just yeah. just staying in your in your uh, one area of it. And there were like tons of really good. I was like, hell yeah, ooh, a photography class. Hmm, sounds interesting. Hey, I could learn how to do pottery, perhaps. Mm. All kinds of these. So. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous. I want to go to college too. What was your favorite time of day to take class, or or that worked best? I did for you, I one guess. semester. I did it where I stacked all my classes Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and had nothing on Tuesday, Thursday. It seemed like a good idea, I would say. And right, and I told my son this. I was like, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I would. Do it. it sounds good in principle, but in terms of getting all your stuff done, I would spread them out give you some time in between and don't take a class he looked at one class that was like 3 30 to 4 30 on monday wednesday friday i was like don't do that don't do middle of the afternoon don't do middle of the afternoon on fridays because you're going to be tempted every friday yes every friday so don't do that so it was fun it was fun it was a it was a good process so looking forward to seeing how all of that goes all right 627 take a break caleb's got sports coming up next you're listening to lnk today with jack and friends on klin 
Got an opinion on the latest Huskers game? Fire off with a voice message in the free KLIN app. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, 67 degrees in the capital city on your Wednesday morning, May 31st, 2023. You know, they've... We've had stories about this, companies around the country, some schools going to the uh, four-day work week. I'll tell you what, Caleb, shaving that one day off, it's already Wednesday. It, uh, it's it moves Wednesday. this week along, doesn't it? Tomorrow's Thursday. I mean, I know you know how the week works. I don't have to spell out the order <laughs> of the days for you. But when I woke up this morning and I was like, okay, because the first thing when I wake up every day is I kind of go th- in my head through the show. And uh, and and I was like, hey, it's already it's already Wednesday. That's weird. That's good. That four day week would really make a difference. That'd be good. No, I got a three day week next week. Well, congrats on that. Congrats on that. And then um, you're you're coming up on the uh, the week after, or in in a few weeks, you'll have a two day week. Three weeks from today, I'm uh, I'm out of here for a while. Yeah, you are. I'm out of here for a while. But uh, with it being a short week, it real made me realize uh, the day after tomorrow is already request line Friday. So we are almost there to another weekend. And this weekend, we are all going to pull together our collective power, if it exists, over Mother Nature. <laughs> and we are going to do the equivalent of a request line Friday rain dance. We are calling it the request line Friday drought buster. And so we are summoning the power of song any song that is about really precipitation, about rain, uh, about irrigation, about moisture. I have to find some irrigation. Is songs, irrigation man. rock is a big subgenre. Yeah, it was it was hot in about 1973. Irrigation rock, uh, but anything that fits the bill for those that we will collectively send up to the sky through radio waves, and hopefully. Uh, get those get those storm clouds, get those rain clouds very active and charged up with the music that they like, and then let them pour down on. And it times out well because you know we we announced this yesterday, Caleb, and already Mark told us during the first segment that best chance of rain this week happens on Friday afternoon. And is that us? Is that us? Did we do that? Have are we about to do that? Uh, there's no way of knowing, but probably, probably. <laughs> so we'll see if we uh, save, if we uh, save everyone's lawns, we save everybody's new perennial beds that they just planted, and uh, maybe ruin some baseball games while we're at it. Sorry about that, kids, but you haven't been rained out yet this year, so you can probably handle it. You probably need the day off. So we will see. So text in those songs that you would like to hear. On this, uh, the more obscure that you can get, I think there are going to be a few very obvious ones that people are going to jump on. I've tried to and reply so. to a couple of people that have had kind of someone had already requested that song and got it to us first to say, hey, if you want to send in another one. We'll put your name. So we may have several names on single songs, but if you want to, yeah, we'll try and let you know, hey, we're, we're going to play this one already. If you have something else you'd like to hear, go ahead. Because I think there's probably a kind of a core of that genre of about 20 songs that we're definitely going to hit. But I'm interested in some of the deep cuts. No REO Speedwagon yet. No REO Speedwagon yet. All right. We'll see. 
We'll see what we get. But I think that'll be a lot of fun. That's coming up on Friday. Time right now to text in your songs that you would like to hear for the Drought Buster edition of Request Line Friday. You can text them in to 402-479-1400. Text, don't call, don't email, don't fax, don't send a letter. Don't send a singing telegram. Although that'd be kind of good. You can send a singing telegram. Yeah, send one of those. We're okay with that one. We will make an exception for that. All right. It's the big debt ceiling vote today. Are they going to get enough Democrats and Republicans in the House to support this agreement between McCarthy and Biden to actually prevent the United States from defaulting on their debt? Let's get some analysis. Clearing the Rules Committee was no small feat. It only passed by a single vote. And now onto the House floor tonight, where 435 lawmakers will be voting. It needs 218 to pass. Speaker McCarthy is very confident it will. Just a single Democrat and 30 Republicans say they are against the bill. The loudest voices coming from the Freedom Caucus, Nancy Mace as well, as we just heard, Carol Flea. At the White House, Karine Jean-Pierre says the president has been busy on the telephone. The president has been engaging with members of Congress uh, throughout this process. The Congressional Budget Office says the bill will cut $1.5 trillion in spending over the next decade. All right. There you go. Uh, Chad Pergram always does a great job covering these for Fox News Radio. Uh, kind of one of the best Washington insiders, I think, that's out there. So let's get his thoughts on this upcoming vote. The bill requires a delicate bipartisan cocktail of votes to pass. But there's bipartisan opposition. Minority leader Hakeem Jeffries says Democrats will hold up their end of the bargain. We also are committed to making sure occurs that the House Republicans keep their promise to produce at least 150 votes, period, full stop. That means at least 68 Democrats must vote yes, but GOP votes could be on thin ice. The House Rules Committee is now prepping the bill for the floor. It appears to have enough support to get out of committee for a Wednesday night vote. All right. And that did happen. It was very close, but that will go to a vote in the House later today. And then if it passes there, obviously, we'll go on to the Senate. Not sure if it's going to have quite the same tough battle there in the Senate to get the support that it needs. And then eventually to the president's desk, potentially with some amendments along the way. So there's what we've got. I don't know if uh, you guys, how close you guys have been watching about the rhetoric coming from Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. But let's just say, I feel like this week, this week we kind of crossed the line in terms of the going. Well, I mean, Trump was already going after him, after DeSantis. But DeSantis, oh, you mean they're just not going to be buddies? DeS- DeSantis is starting. I mean, at some point, he's got to, he's got to do something to sort of fire back with this whole thing. Uh, and he's starting to do that just a little bit. Former President Trump's been tearing into fellow Republican Ron DeSantis, saying the Florida governor did a poor job at handling the pandemic. But now DeSantis is firing back. He used to say how great Florida was. Hell, his whole family moved to Florida under my governorship. Are you kidding me? After putting in a campaign appearance in Iowa, DeSantis told reporters the former president needs to take a different tack. I'm going to focus my fire on Biden And I think he should do the same. He gives Biden a free pass. The Republican contenders are both in Iowa today, with DeSantis making stops in Sioux City, Council Bluffs, and Cedar Rapids. Trump will be speaking to a Republican dinner. Then he's featured in a Fox News town hall Thursday. Jill Nato, Fox News. got another town hall. Uh, Sioux City and Council Bluffs, huh? All right. Not far from here. 
Mm-hmm. You're gonna have you go out and see DeSantis if you wanted to here on this day. I still find it weird just that Iowa deserves so much attention. Yeah. Um and now DeSantis is this new thing, and I don't I mean I honestly I think this is actually pretty smart because I don't think it's untrue. But DeSantis's new line is that Trump is attacking him from the left, which I mean I don't know that the message was well received from me in the past, but it's not a traditional conservative, guys. He's just—he's not. Uh, it, that might—you might—you may still like his policies, and that's fine. But acting like he's a traditional, dyed-in-the-wool, small-government conservative, and to some degree, I don't think you can say that about DeSantis either. But. The you know because Trump is going after DeSantis a little bit for being too aggressive with his policy plans to make cuts to Medicare and Social Security, and so DeSantis has taken that and say, "Ho ho ho ho! Wait a second! So you're attacking me from the left on those issues, essentially." And I don't know. I mean, that's why I continue to say there is a very there is a difference between. Trumpism, Trump in pol- and there's certainly Trump policies that do lean more conservative, but as a whole, it's it's not it's not consistent small government conservatism, small limited government based on freedoms and personal responsibility conservatism. I don't think by by any means, and that maybe that'll take a take this whole thing a different direction, but that's. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's starting to escalate a little bit bit more between those two and especially from DeSantis's side. All right. Uh what else do we have here today on the sound off? Ah. Saw this last night. State of Minnesota, Caleb, the latest of the states in the United States to give the thumbs up to recreational marijuana. Minnesota will be yep. the next state nearby Nebraska. Already got it in Missouri. Already got it in Colorado. Almost got it in South Dakota, but didn't. But now you got another state. Democratic Governor Tim Walz signed the measure, which takes effect August 1st. It will allow people age 21 and older to possess up to two pounds of pot at home and as much as two ounces of it outside the home. Governor Walls sees the marijuana law as a moneymaker, but much more must be put in place. You're going to need people to grow this. You're going to need people to process. You're going to need people to transport. Um, all of those things are going to create economic opportunities. It's also estimated it will take up to a year and a half to license retailers. Under the new law, people convicted of marijuana crimes can apply to have those charges expunged. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. With the way that this is going, just the momentum that this is going with states, because I now it's it's now it's just I think a little under half the states that have this legal. I saw the number last night. I can't remember. Maybe twenty three, but. How likely is it that Nebraska becomes an island, not just for medical marijuana, but for recreational marijuana? Now, you you don't you're not surrounded by any means right now, um, and I don't think Wyoming's probably jumping at this whole thing. But look, South Dakota had it on the ballot, and it didn't pass, but they've been they've been closer. I mean. 
Oklahoma's flirted with this even. Yeah. There's there's kind of these different it, sometimes we sort of generalize states into red and blue, but like this issue shows some different shades of red. Yeah. I think maybe a more libertarian bent in some cases. Um Iowa feels like it would probably be fairly similar to Nebraska, maybe a little more quick than Nebraska, mm-hmm. but fairly quick to Nebraska. I don't know if you know they're, they've been more friendly to to gambling um, than Nebraska has, but I'm not sure that's a one to one correlation. Missouri's done it. Kansas, Kansas is a weird political situation now because you've had a Democratic governor for a while. Um, I saw one presidential map that even had them as a like a swing state, which was hard for me to believe. <laughs> um, but would they be someone that would consider? And then you already obviously have Colorado and Missouri here. I think there there is just a, in the surrounding states. There is a very good chance of all of the the states that are immediately around Nebraska of it coming down to being Nebraska and Wyoming of being the last ones without even not just recreational marijuana but medical um and especially when you look at recreational marijuana and the, the states around just seem to to move a little bit quicker for Nebraska it's if it can get on the ballot here I think it's got a chance yeah but it's got zero chance coming out of the unicamera now uh Iowa Wyoming and Kansas none of them have either even uh according to this map I'm looking at that was updated just a few days ago Neither of them even have medical mm. marijuana here at this point. South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota did. Um, but but Wyoming, Iowa didn't. Oklahoma does. So when I'm talking about different shades of red on this issue, that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. And then like Montana has legal and recreational as well, the state of Montana. So you talk about a libertarian bent, that would be more of a descriptor of Montana than, say, you know, Nebraska or or Iowa, at least on this issue as well. So that's interesting stuff here. There are, yeah, I'm just counting here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. 23, I think that number was right. That have legalized recreational marijuana. Yeah. Now. All right, other issues that we need to get here today. Um Oh, well, I said I said this earlier. New warning on AI from industry leaders. Man, they are making these a little bit darker every single time. We got Jason Peterson, and he's going to talk a little tech with us. I'm sure we'll get into this a bit, but mm-hmm. take a listen to this. How serious is it? A statement says mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority, alongside other societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war. ChatGPT CEO Sam Altman and Jeffrey Hinton, a computer scientist known as the godfather of AI, are among the hundreds of leading figures who signed the statement. Worries about artificial intelligence systems outsmarting humans and running wild have intensified with the rise of a new generation of highly capable AI chatbots such as ChatGPT. Tom Rigotti, Fox News. So the ChatGPT founder is one of the guys who's saying, hey, this thing uh, that we're kind of doing, that we founded, might lead to world extinction. I, I think we've kind of let this thing out of the box, guys. <laughs> so obsessed with figuring out whether we could do it, we never thought about whether we should do it. Yep. That's the route. On on uh, 
on that whole thing. Uh, all right, a couple more here on this. It, it is always weird slash sad slash scary when you've got these stories of someone on a cruise ship falling overboard, but it happens sort of oddly frequently to me. And we've got another one this time, and just just kind of terrifying to hear about this whole thing. The 35-year-old man was reported missing by his companion late Monday afternoon, according to a statement from Carnival Cruise Line. The ship departed Norfolk on Thursday, May 25th, and heading towards the Bahamas. It returned on Tuesday morning while the search effort continued. Carnival Cruise Line says the Carnival Care team is providing support at this time to the man's companion and the party he was traveling with aboard the ship. The company reviewed the ship's security footage and says this man leaned over the railing of his stateroom balcony and dropped down into the water around 4.10 a.m. Monday morning. John Saucier, Fox News. Oh, my God. How often does this happen? I feel like, I mean, probably the percentage is very low, but it feels like anecdotally... There's right. a lot of stories. Right. There. I'm just asking because I don't know, one, the number of people that are on a cruise ship, and two, how many cruise ships are right. active. To figure out the percentage. I don't know. It's, but ob- obviously when it does happen, we hear about it. Can you uh, can you imagine, and I don't know what happened there, if this person was intoxicated or if there was a medical situation or what it was exactly, but just can you imagine that feeling? <laughs> you fall over the edge. All of a sudden, you're in the dark. It's the dark, wide open water. No land, I assume, anywhere that you can see. And the boat is going away in the distance. And you're like, hey, hey, right? Waving your arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just terrifying uh, with that whole thing. I'd like to not think about that. Yeah, it is. Sorry. All right, we'll give you something. Uh, okay. You may not have known that you could have done this. With your smart home devices, your Amazon Echoes, Echo Dots, Echo Spots, those sorts of things. But they did have a program where you could change the voice on those through an app to celebrity voices. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember when they were saying, hey, we're bringing this thing where we can bring like any any voice that you've got, yeah. including deceased family members being your Echo voice, which was a little odd, but uh, kind of curious how it sounds. But they did have one, a program where you could do a few celebrity voices. Uh, they are retiring. Some of your favorite celebs will no longer live in your Alexa. Amazon announcing it is discontinuing sales of its celebrity voice add-on packs for its popular smart device. Samuel L. Jackson, Melissa McCarthy, and Shaquille O'Neal were able to tell jokes, give weather reports. Today in Los Angeles, it's 85 degrees. And more. Jackson's voice was discontinued as of last month, with McCarthy and Shaq's voice to say sayonara come the end of September. Anna Eliopoulos, Fox News. Was that just because of low subscription? I don't know. Uh, Maybe the contract ran out. I'm not sure. They didn't, they didn't really say. Shaq's voice would be hilarious. <laughs> when you hear Alexa, the, it's 32. Bananas added to shopping list. I don't know if that's the best Shaq impersonation, but you get the you get the idea. I bet that sounds so much like Shaq in your head. Sound real? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that it does. I'm not. I'm not claiming. I'm not claiming that was one of my best. I do very. Listen, everybody knows I do a very good job with some of those. That may not be one of them. Six fifty five. It's LNK today with Jack and friends. LNKLIN. We just a couple um. They done it. And now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. All right, Officer Matt Stegman is with us today. I'm in for Officer Chad, who is uh, vacationing. And so 
Good morning, Matt. Good, good to see you. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. And you All guys? Right. We are good. We're glad to see you and uh, interested to hear about what you guys are working on. So let's get to it. Yeah. If you go to LincolnCrimestoppers.com, a couple cases are towards the bottom of the page. The first one's called Burglary. This occurred at the Discount City at 5560 South 48th Street. Back on May 17th, early in the morning, the owners got an alarm, came out, called us. The front door was shattered in. Um, someone entered the business, took some uh, Tito's vodka and cash and some other small items. Um, video shows a possible description of black male, dark pants, brown boots, shoes. Got a lunchbox he's carrying with him for some reason with blue trim around the zipper that's black in color. Um Face is covered, but we're hoping maybe someone recognizes him, give us a dis, uh, some kind of description of him or name at least, and get that case cleared up. Damage is over six hundred fifty dollars with about one hundred fifty dollars in theft. So I like to give myself the the uh, union of shoplifters has uh, required that you get a lunch break. I think you do in the middle. Fifteen of, minutes during 15 your Fifteen minutes. We got to get fifteen minutes. It's a <laughs> it's a union requirement. Uh, all right. What else do we have? Um, last one's going to be loaded up. This occurred in May 9th. Uh, victim lives in an apartment in the area of 54th and Layton. Walks outside, notices his yellow 2005 Yamaha motorbike is parked outside. Leaves the residence, comes back about three hours later, and it's gone. Uh, we got video that showed this older white uh, Chevy Silverado pickup pull up. Three people get outside the vehicle. Uh, they load the vehicle up or load the motorbike up and leave. Um, I looked at the photos and the video. It looks like possibly two females and a male. Losses a couple thousand dollars. Um, we have no suspects. The vehicle or the motorbike still has not been located. So we've had some similar thefts like this all over the city. So we're hoping maybe this may be tied to that. We can get some tips on that. Just kind of pulled up, put it in the back. Didn't look very yeah. Moving like in too style. much of a hurry and. Got that out of there. So yeah. there's some good video to check out there. People have tips. How can they help out? Uh, you can leave them there on the website, LincolnCrimestoppers.com, or you can call 475-3600. At all times, remain anonymous. If your tips lead to arrest, you get cash. All right. Hey, thank you very much. Stegman. Thank you. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you. What Chaps Your Wednesday is coming up. Get it off your chest. Phone line's open. Text line will be open. And Facebook.com slash LNK today. That's coming up next. 7 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back on a Wednesday morning, 65 degrees right now in the capital city. When when it's the middle of the week at 710 in the morning, that means it is time for What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. This is a segment where you reach out to us in a variety of mediums and you tell us what it is that comes up in your day-to-day or week-to-week or month-to-month life that just gets under your skin and bugs you and you realize, eh, I just want to complain about this, but I feel like I shouldn't complain and put it on. I'm going to seem unpleasant to the people around me. And we say here, now this is a safe haven for you to express those feelings, to get them off your chest, to commiserate with others, maybe have a chuckle about them and then walk away saying, you know what? You know what? Darn it. I feel better. I'm going to be a better person today to the people around me. This is our public service to the community, and you can be a part of it by giving us a call at 402-479-1400. You can also use that same number to text if you'd rather do it that way. Or the Facebook page has a thread every week that opens up on Tuesday nights, facebook.com slash LNK today. So without any further ado, let's get things underway. What chaps your hide? First, says Michael, vehicles without plates, 
expired tags, expired transits, in transits, I should say, etc. Now, I wonder how Michael feels about cars that have up-to-date plates with up-to-date stickers, but they've used masking tape to fully affix them to their own car, because that's me. (laughs) Wait, why not duct tape? I couldn't find any in the house. And the masking tape's work. The masking tape has worked weirdly well. Now, Mark, you probably recall you texted me a couple yeah. weeks ago and said uh, one of your side your license plates isn't attached, and you were right. It wasn't. There was a good reason for that. Uh, and you that had a was, screw loose. It was because I was trying to take the screw out. I. I overpowered. Oh, is this when you snapped the screw in I, half? I I used power tools when I probably didn't need to. I pulled out my my drill with a Phillips screwdriver bit on it, right? Just to take the screw out. I was just like, "Hey, look at me! I got this drill. I can make this job quicker." Well, that screw, you know, these don't tend to be. They're outside a whole lot, and they tend to get some wear and tear on them, right? From all the moisture. That they see, and I had the drill completely charged and pumped up to the highest level, sort of unknowingly. So I got it in the hole. I I hit the bzz on the thing, and it just it just strips the thing out completely immediately. Just completely strips that thing out. I, so, I have to trade it in. I so, trade the car. I'm, yep, that's it. Car's done. And so I screw with the thing. I get some pliers. I get uh, all of these things. I, I eventually rip the old license plate off. I get the license plate cut so I can take the old license plate off. <laughs> and so I have a little gap that I can pull that screw out. And so I'm trying everything. I got I got a vice grip. I'm doing all of these things. And that will not budge. I cannot get that. I was like, how did I get that in there so tight? And I, I screwed it up. I boogered it up so bad. Eventually, I just it just tore off the whole top of it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, 85% of the screw is still in there, and it's flush with the, uh, with the hole. And so I need, unless I don't have any kind of extraction tool that I can get that thing out. And so I only have one screw hole for my back license plate. And... I did. I was in a hurry right after that, uh, and and uh, didn't get it fixed. Went to work the next day, and that's when Mark saw it. Uh, many people saw it. By the way, there were people like people thought in the in the intersections of streets they would let me know that this was happening, which I I knew it was just the, a bit. The reason the reason for my concern is I read the police reports quite often, and there are several attempts every week to steal license plates well, in this city. Well, I wish they had tried it. I honestly wish they had tried it with my old license plate and got that screw out successfully for me. To be honest, but it's just uh, they still they just still they still have to get one screw out with that whole thing. So that is there. So that's mine. So anyway, I don't know if that is There's a place was. up in in Ablock that'll just weld it on. I think the new license plate. I need it off in three years when we get another badly designed license plate here in the states. So. Well, they've got cutting torches too. Okay, okay. that's good. Uh, yeah, just just trade it off. Let's uh, let's go to the phones, shall we? Uh, that Paul is joining us right now, aka what's that say? Handy Dan. Oh, Handy Dan. Great. I'm going to hear about uh, how I probably should have been able to do this. Good morning, that Paul. How are you? As a public service, just to get you to stop talking about this, you get. 
a metal screw, I should say, metal drill bit to drill out the screw itself. Okay. So just go in like I'm making a hole in, in the thing. Is what you're telling me, right? Well, you've already got a hole in that thing, don't you? <laughs> yeah, got the, got the hole. It's just got a screw in it blocking the hole. Yeah, well, just you go. And this is basically from every auto mechanic and carpenter and anyone with any cutting sense. You know what? That's I'll, how you fix this. Or masking tape. Masking tape also works. <laughs> Just, just for the record. Oh, for the love of God, at least use the double back carpet tape. Then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I wanted to use my drill so bad. I guess I can use it twice, huh? Yeah, you seem to have this affinity for the drilling. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. I do. You but of course, that. you don't necessarily do it very well. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Man, I tore that thing to pieces. It was incredible. Right. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, I appreciate it. Let, let, us, let us know how that works out. I, uh, I will. I know you want to hear more about it. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. People I love. Should, I should go take a picture and post it on Facebook. I have, I seriously put one loop. So this was like I don't know when you saw it. It was probably three weeks ago. With the first time you saw it, remember that? Mm-hmm. I got one. <laughs> I got one just rolled up piece of masking tape that's held it on since then. <laughs> like not now. Probably the probably part of the issue is it's never been rained on during that time. And, and you haven't taken it through a car wash. <laughs> no, I don't have taken it through a car wash. I can't find one in this city. It's nearly impossible. <laughs> All right, back to the phone lines. Ben is next. Good morning, Ben. What chaps your hide? Hey guys, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? you? Know, uh, driving down these roads, you know, every once in a while you hit a pothole, and I have to wonder: have they looked into uh, using? Um, Oh, like your kid's oatmeal that he spills on the table to fill these potholes. Because as far as I can tell, that stuff is indestructible. (laughs) It hardens very quickly once out of the bowl. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. And it takes darn near takes a hammer and chisel to get off. (laughs) I mean, I know, I know, Jack, your kids are a little bit older and parents have this way of like blacking out all like the. Yes. Awful parts of having small children. Yes. Like, yeah, it's true. You forget about these things, but it's every single day at my house. The oatmeal's on the, the. Maybe we could just have some sort of a compost bin, right, at LTU, and parents could come bring their children's uneaten, uneaten oatmeal to that, and that's the new cold mix. Then, essentially, I, you know, I think it can't be any less effective than Cindy Lamb filling them in the middle of a busy day, but. <laughs> Forgot about that. All right, we'll uh, we'll keep. I'll pass it on. I'll pass it on to uh, my friends hey, at the city. Yeah, let, let, let the mayor know next time she, she's on. All right, I will. Thank I you. Wonder, wonder, if, wonder if we could somehow mix up the uh, small, you know, the lightweight plastic bags from grocery stores and other stores, and and make an oatmeal mix with it, and that way to give it some substance and <laughs> possible. I don't know. I don't think my kids really ate oatmeal. I don't really. We've never been a big oatmeal home, so I may not be totally. Billy's had a little bit of it, but we've never had that. You know why? Kind of gross. It's not great. I'll say it. I'll say it. I'm not going to lead by example and eat that. Uh, There's not. You know what? If you told me now, you said, uh, Jack, you you can't have. You're banned from oatmeal for the rest of your life. I don't think I'd shed a tear. I'd be like, I don't know if I would notice that. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Or I would say, you know what? But can I still have steel cut oatmeal? That's that's the kicker. Need it steel cut if I'm going to get it. 
Uh, let's see. Roger, I like Rogers. The reason Lincoln hasn't gotten very much rain is because I put a sump pump at my house last year, and after that, hardly any rain. See, I had the opposite thing happen with my snowblower when I ripped the cord out in the biggest snow in history. It's barely snowed in Lincoln since I did that. But that said, I have an update on this. Uh, For my son's graduation, one of the people who came was my nephew, who has just graduated from um, the the John Deere program, mm-hmm. uh, working on small engines. <laughs> oh, how convenient! <laughs> and for you. I just happened to send him a couple of pictures of my model of my snowblower and what had happened, and it took him a good ninety seconds to five minutes to have that completely fixed and <laughs> ready to go. Of course. So, and so, so thank you to so, my nephew Jordan. Yeah. Who uh, who's uh, just start? He just graduated, and he's going to be working with John Deere. And so I got a small engines guy now. Does he lives in Iowa? But I got a small. Hey, engine way guy. to go, George Having Mitchell! We're, we're going to get four hundred and twenty-seven inches of snow this coming winter, and I'll be ready for it. I'm so excited! It's I'm ready to go. Just, I'm, I'm going to snowblow for the first time in. I don't know gave, when was that huge storm? 2018? 2019? We just we just gave our snowblower to our nephew. Oh. Yep, you're, we're going to get the big one this winter. We're due. We're due. I, I think I, I was I was here when you broke your snowblower. Okay, so 2019 probably winter. It wasn't during the pandemic. I don't think. I'm, I don't remember. Nonetheless, it's been a long time. It's been, but we've had very little snow since. But I think you really reach peak a peak moment in your life because you start collecting. So now I got a small engines guy, right? I got a guy. If if you get a guy or a gal. For all of these expertises that you don't have, that's when you it's some where it's not like where it's not like you're calling a business right that you're not super familiar with, but you just got a guy or a gal who can do these things. You can just text them, and be, that is that's the level that's that's when I know I've arrived. Okay, build when your I, perfect neighborhood. When I've got a plum, I've got a plumber, I've got a plumber like that. Okay, I've got now a small engines guy like that. Electrician. Uh, I've got. I don't have an electrician like that yet. I mean, I have companies that I would go to, oh, but, yeah. but but I want a guy. I want a guy. Like I'm talking about, I want to be able to text you, and I'm gonna pay you, of course, if you want it. I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna pay you, but I want a, just a quick Rolodex, quick access to a guy for all of these things. I, or, I need, or a lady. Oh, guy or lady? Yeah, I say guy in the non-gender way. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some of them, I probably it probably would be. Uh, in fact, the my license plate person might be a lady. Could very well be. It also could be a toddler, for that matter. <laughs> could be another attorney. <laughs> All right, back to the phone. Fo- oh, she's late today. All right, but she's still here. Good morning, Debbie. I was starting to get worried. How are you? Hi, well, I'm out of town, which is why it took me a while getting it. I didn't oh. have reception, and I thought, oh. I can't miss calling in. Good. I well, wanted to talk to my favorite radio people. Thank you, Debbie. We were missing you. What do you What do you have for us today? What chaps my hide is I'm in, and no matter what hotel I'm in, and I'm in one now, when you turn the TV on, it always goes back to some preset channel, <laughs> and then you've got to toggle through everything to figure out where the channel I want to see is, whether it's Fox or ABC or whatever. It's just really irritating because they don't have the same numbers that we do, so it's not like you can use your mental memory and figure out what channel. you got to toggle through every single one. 
That's what really bugs me lately. And it always goes to like the hotel, like marketing channel yes. or like uh-huh. the, exactly. something with the pool hours on it or a room uh-huh. service menu, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I got going any place where you don't know the channels. Uh, that's, that's always a little, that's always a little uncomfortable for me too. So I yes, got you so. there. That's legit. All righty, but Thank I wanted you. to call in and say good morning. Thank you, Debbie. Good morning to you and safe travels. We'll talk to you next week, all right? There you go. There's number one Debbie joining us. Uh, what's on the Twitter or the uh, tweet uh, text? Text line? Page. You, al- you almost had I'm it. I'm starting to do that thing where I call every, th- every kind of communication. Yeah, everything's everything's Twitter. a tweet. That's like I used to make fun of uh, people who used to say anything online was a blog. Like any kind of web story, anything written online was a blog. Well, you know what the blogs are saying. Okay, that's not that's not a blog. That's just a that's just an article. Anyway, Chris Nolatha texted in and said he's got two chaps about being in Lincoln over the weekend. Number Uh-oh. one, eighty fourth Street is still a minefield. <laughs> <laughs> is up, that is it that bad with with potholes? Yes, I never notice these things that people. I don't know what it is. I never notice this. Number two, the lack of signage for the South Beltway. My wife, who was driving, yelled at me because the name of Highway Two changed to Nebraska Parkway. Well, Chris listens enough to our show that, unlike most out of towners, he probably he probably had a little bit of a leg up on that. Whole yeah, just situation. don't do U turns. <laughs> Cam the man says, "I'm still not sure why we can't get the roads downtown and along O Street repaved." Although I love the feeling of riding a horse while being thrown around like a rag doll, I'm not sure that this is a capital city worthy road system. Ah, all right, more roads. Uh, Mosh pit, Chad. What chaps my hide? Southwest Nebraska getting 10 to 12 Jeez. inches of rain, ruining our walleye fishing over Memorial Day oh. weekend, while Lincoln remains a desert wasteland. Oh, that stinks. Well, that, if you'd like how to frustrating go, is that? If you'd like to go walleye fishing, Uh-oh. you can head up to Ballard's Resort with me on beautiful Lake of the Woods. Hashtag ad. Get your information at KLIN.com. <laughs> OG Steven says, horrible city streets, Cornhusker Highway, North 70th, oh. Randolph. Corn, Cornhusker is a mess. That is a true mess. I don't notice. I don't know what it is, but I don't know. I drive all over. I mean, I drive constantly. I put in about an hour of windshield time every afternoon during the school year. Well, pay I attention. Just, I just don't. I've never. This has always been the case, and I'm not saying that I'm right and anybody else is wrong. I'm, I'm probably wrong because I'm in the vast minority. But throughout the years we've done this show, there are always... Lots and lots of people are either talking about potholes or the condition of roads. If I didn't have the show, I honestly would never think about that. I don't know what it, what's wrong with me that I just, I don't know if I'm just very tolerant. Where do you, want me, where do you want me to start? I, uh, <laughs> I've, I've never, I've never been able to, to get myself to feel that way. Uh, all right. Do we have any more on the Facebook page that I got? Let's see. One uh, there were a couple, but they were kind of uh, minor. Oh, uh, we got somebody. Talking about national politics, Will I, Will comes in and throws in a throws in a corrupt FBI director who will not turn over documents to Congress. Yeah, I've been thinking about that constantly the last few days. Just chapping me up. That's all I can think about. Oh, by the way, thinking about how many egg casseroles I got to make for my family. <laughs> One of the things that we've talked a lot about are left lane loafers. Yeah, signage in Oklahoma is they're they're always on each side. But they're right together. Keep right, uh, uh, something like keep right unless passing. 
And on the left side, it says, do not impede the left lane. Mark's moving to Oklahoma. No. It's almost official. No. no. Hey, you got those Bucky's gas stations down there, at least. Yeah, 100 acres of gas. Holy uh, cow. If you haven't been there, it's almost worth the trip alone. Just to go down Oklahoma, Texas, the south, where they've got those things. They are crazy. Gas station on absolute steroids. Never they, seen they've got like 100 pumps. I like to call it a gas station mixed with a state fair, <laughs> is what I would describe it as. All right, That's it's, the south. It's 727. It's LNK Today with Jack. No and, sushi, though. Nah, probably do. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on Kickroom. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it is time to count them down. So let's start today with number five. ACLU filed the first legal challenge over the recently signed bill that combines the new abortion ban with restrictions on gender-related care. Uh, ACLU representing Planned Parenthood of the Heartland. Dr. Sarah Traxler is the chief medical officer um, and uh, a doctor that does provide abortion services. So that challenge has been filed here in Lancaster County. The basis of the challenge is that the bill as passed violated the single subject rule by putting in the abortion issue with the uh, transgender uh, gender affirming care ban for minors or regulations i should say on that for for minors and therefore ran afoul of how many different subjects you can put in a state law um they i assume the the plaintiffs here in this case will request as soon as they can an injunction that would stop the enforcement of the abortion portion of this because that's the only part that's being enforced right now just a little thing to look ahead for if they do get an injunction on this, that typically indicates that the trial court at that time is leaning toward their case generally. One of the things that you've got to prove to get injunctive relief, meaning meaning to hold the law off during the pendency of the hearing, is a likelihood of success on the merits. That's one of the factors that goes into this whole thing. And so look for that. Uh, I don't know what the decision will be on that, but look look for that. And then also I think look for it to get eventually end up probably before the Supreme Court of Nebraska to examine exactly. And I, this could be a, a, a real precedent-setting lawsuit, too, um, on this single-subject rule and what the legislature can and can't do what kind of rules there are to determine whether or not there is a single subject or multiple subjects in one of these lawsuits. Um, you know what the Supreme Court did. Now, again, it was a ballot initiative, but you know what the Supreme Court did a couple of years right. ago with medical marijuana, and they struck it down on these grounds. But again, ballot initiative versus legislation that came up through the unicameral is that comparing apples and oranges, or is that comparing apples and apples? That's another question in this whole thing. Now, the transgender portion of it, that doesn't go in effect until October, so you won't necessarily have the the, the emergency need for the plaintiffs, in the plaintiffs' minds at least, to get an injunction there, because that's got a few months before that actually goes into uh, 
goes into effect. But down the road, maybe you can look for an injunction on on that one as well. So response will be filed by the uh, state attorney general, as I understand. Yes, I, I assume the attorney general's office would take on the basically the defense of of this lawsuit. And as you kept saying, Mark, seemed like this was coming at some point. You thought maybe even right after it was signed by the governor. It took a few further days for them to get their complaint together. Uh, but it has now been filed with the state. And as we predicted, as I think everybody predicted, it's out of the hands of the legislature. It's out of the hands of the executive branch. They're done with their part of it. And now the judicial branch is the one that is going to determine the ultimate fate of these laws. Do you believe that a ballot initiative could be started on this? In what direction? Uh, affirming the 12-week ban on abortion. Well, not, not, if... if You mean if the court rules against right, it? Right, right. Yeah, I, I could... Yeah, it could. Or I mean, even, other or states... It, or even the, a six-week ban. Heartbeat ban. That could also, that could also happen. Um, it's going to depend on whether or not organizers think they've got a chance. If they, they think the issue is where public opinion is on the issue. And that's frankly... Mark, that's frankly one of the questions that I feel like we don't know very well. Right. We know where the leg- we know where the legislature is on right. everything, maybe more than we need to know. But yeah, talk but- about talk about issues with the public opinion, and I don't feel super comfortable saying that I really know it. I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I know. I mean, I know who's. I know how many Republicans and Democrats and Independents that we've got, but. That hasn't always been predictive. Especially on the social issues. Yes, especially on the social... Th- you could go to the same thing about medical marijuana. Same yes. same exact thing. Uh, and probably a handful of, of other issues. So, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think that might... I, I think that people are realizing that... And, and, you know, voter ID is a great example of it. Right? When yeah. the legislature isn't always on the same page as the voters and so the voters eventually say okay we're gonna make them deal with it and do it and that's what they ended up doing and that provides a great transition to number four compromise on voter id not having any much success uh state senator julie slama with her uh, one woman filibuster still they voted cloture after the second round final round uh, vote uh 42 to 3 so it moves to the final round but it is the the uh, committees, Senator Brewer's committee, or the Government and Military Affairs Committee, uh, that put it out that says can be any type of ID, a much broader uh, type of ID. I ask the question here again, okay? You've got a lot of pretty strong, um, you know, voter security people, I would say, in the legislature. I'm going to guess that probably have similar, I would assume, have similar thoughts as Senator Slama on this issue generally. How is it that she just got left, that she became, as you said, an island on this thing? And not only that, but in an increasing sort of, I don't know if it's a war of words because maybe it's a little one-sided, but there's been a little from both, but in an increasing level of acrimony with the Republican Secretary of State right now on this issue. And on the other side on the other side you got Secretary of State, you got Senator Brewer, you got the senators who are voting for this, you've got the governor, you've got all but one of the county of election officials. Is it surprising that she's alone on this for wanting this to be more stringent? No, I don't think it is because actually I think her 
uh, disagreement with uh, Secretary of State Evnen goes back to even uh, the uh, voter ID ballot in, or the constitutional amendment uh, that, that they put forth because he was not in favor of that. He kept saying, uh, we don't have a problem with our elections in Nebraska. And they, they were kind of at odds whether it should even go to the people. But I can't believe there aren't more state senators yeah. that are are with her. on. It. I'm not saying they should be because I tend to agree with the Secretary of State personally, but I'm not here to tell you what what to think. I, I just am surprised given how the widespread that thought has become that these elections really need more fraud protection. Why is she the only one in the legislature that's saying this? I think the part that is most surprising is how hard line a lot of the votes have been right. over the course of this on session. On other issues. On other issues that there are so many that Let's, let's this, be honest. We're talking about the the Republicans here on, on where this is because this tends to be more a conservative issue on looking at at uh, voting ID. That they're looking more at compromise on this issue as opposed to other issues. There's a two sided. It feels like there's a two sided compromise on this, and all of the compromises on the other big issues we talked about were one sided compromises. But I, I do, I. I don't think it's surprising to not see uh, Senator Slama back down at all on this issue and not go towards any of the compromise because, like, this was her issue. That doesn't surprise me either. Yeah. I'm just surprised there aren't more people with her. That's it. That, yeah. That's my surprise. I would have expected to at least see, including Senator Slama, at least two or three, where it was like, okay, there's this contingent here that is... This is their thing, and they're not going to back down is from it, it. But it's just her. Is it out of is it out of respect for Senator Brewer? Is it out of respect for the Secretary of State? Is that what it is? I don't have the answers to any of these questions, but this has struck me as. I think part of it, though, goes to the legislature was never uh, a big supporter of voter ID, uh, photo ID. It never passed. Yeah, like it, it I never mentioned. never passed, and and so you know they kind of pushing back against the uh, second house of the people yeah and maybe they, my... and maybe that they've got their county election commissioners in their ear too that's true saying hey this is listen we are we're cost prohibited we are people prohibited on some of these things that we're asking to do and so look you and gotta there's, there's you gotta some, make this possible some counties us. that only vote by mail which you know the rules and these are the uh, f- probably most significantly affect mail-in yes. voting. Yes. At least that's the part that's got the strongest, I think, disagreement on this. Is and that is namely that you've got to under the the one that keeps passing, you essentially have to send in the number for your state ID on your application for an early ballot. If that checks out, then you get the ballot. Then you vote, and there's no more IDs using after that. Where Slama would like to see a witness testify that when you send it in, the person who's sending it in has their ID, and it's their votes actually on that. That's that's kind of one of the big, among other disagreements. That's one of the big ones there. So, it looks like it's going to pass, Mark. It looks like uh, the governor is going to sign it, and then then we'll see when the, the lawsuits file. Add it to the the. Add it to the bill for uh, summer lawsuits here. Yeah, that we've got lawsuit season. It's a lawsuit festival, right? We can make a poster for it. Number three, the general public got a first-hand look at the new terminal, uh, the refurbished terminal, the new gates at Lincoln Airport yesterday. They had an open house. Uh, six new gates on the north end of the terminal as uh, the uh, new air service starts in a couple of weeks. 
So they opened it up yesterday. I wanted to get out on this, but I did not get out on, uh, to this, but I didn't have a chance to uh, to do that. And so I'm actually going to be there taking a flight a little bit, so I'll get a first chance to actually see that. But um, yeah, new terminal chairs there, <laughs> higher arms for someone who might have a harder time getting in and out of a sitting position, uh, different types of chairs. Um, plug in at every chair for recharging phones and digital devices. A restaurant, a bar well. in the Rest- secure area. I, again, I'll, I'll be in there in eight days. It, it looks nice I, from the videos and pictures. I've I just been hope able it doesn't see. feel like a ghost town, which is what I said yesterday, which it so often did at this. $56 million project over the course of five years slowed down by, by COVID. And. Yeah, I'll be I'll be excited to see how different this feels, and uh, and I do again ask the the question. Not that they shouldn't have done this, but maybe it is this designed more to entice airlines or to entice passengers? Both. And I still and think passengers go so much on price and convenience that they're not. I don't think many people are when they're booking a flight. They're like, oh yeah, Lincoln's got a bar in it now, so. Definitely, definitely going to go Lincoln instead of Omaha. Well, if the prices are comparable, you don't have to drive. That's the bi- con- convenience it, 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 and yeah, price. Yep, yeah. and and destination. Now, now with uh, what seven new destinations out of Lincoln? Yeah, yeah. But uh, you, know, you know, people go and they get they have a good experience there. I think th- that's probably it, Mark. They go and they have a good experience there. They're more likely to look first for that opportunity, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, in the future and. And uh, I think, again, said it over and over again, but I think it's it's uh, in all of our best interest that that does that the Lincoln Airport does well, is competitive, adds flights, is vibrant, and is uh, bringing passengers in and out of the city. So hopefully this will bo- uh, be a boot to that. Number two. More tickets coming up for Volleyball Day in Nebraska. Tomorrow, what, 10 a.m., I believe? 10 a.m. There's going to be 8,000, about 8,000 new tickets go up for sale, and it's going to be... Um, there will be some in the bleachers. A lot of it will be the standing room down on the field. This should get Nebraska the record for a women's sporting event, the attendance record, in the United States. And once you start to add in everyone who's the, the non-ticketed people, the, the media, the staff, the teams, everything else that kind of goes into it, it's going to get really close to that UEFA women's soccer match. I was trying to think what, how many non... I'm sure somebody knows this, but how many non-ticketed people come to an event like that or a Husker football game? Oh, it's got to be a thousand plus. Really? I was guessing like five to seven hundred, but I have no idea. I mean, idea. just think of the, the, the people who work uh, concessions. You know? Yeah, concessions, all oh, of the different gates. The, the any, suites and, and all yeah. of that. The, the ushers... Security teams, cheerleaders, media, media. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. That'd be interesting. So maybe they still have an outside shot at that. Uh, I'm hearing that we're going to hear about the musical guest here in the com- probably the next week or so. June fifth is what I've heard. June fifth, we'll actually hear it. And that so. was actually something Trev Alberts had said on on Sports Nightly was they were hoping by June fifth to make the announcement. There are probably contractual details that provide provide when and why 
you need to wait until a certain date for that. Mm-hmm. That'll make sense probably more as as we uh, as we get closer. Announce a concert that nobody can get tickets. Yeah, announcing a concert there are no tickets available for. Hey, you guys Man, are already coming. You t- who's it is be a there. weird situation. Yeah. How many times are you announcing a concert that is completely sold out already, and nobody is actually able to buy tickets for anymore, except on the secondary market? Here's my question: About eight thousand tickets tomorrow, twenty five dollars a pop. Now there are some of them that are in the bleachers, and they're five dollars for youth. For these eight thousand, how quickly are they gone tomorrow? Oh. 30 minutes? Yeah. Or less. Yeah, 30 minutes. Absolutely. Uh, maybe not even that. I hope they beef up the server power. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be ready for maybe it. Maybe not even 30 minutes, but they'll, they'll be gone. They'll Especially be considering people have now seen what the secondary market looks Correct. like. It's not just the people that want to go. It is also the people that have not gotten those tickets and they have seen what the secondary market is. Correct. Yeah. Or they're way up in the third level and they want, might want to get down in one of the end zones. Or on the field. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Now, there, there is a six-ticket limit per account and that includes previous purchases. So if you, if you purchased six tickets before... You're you're out on that account uh, now. Yeah, people find ways to make other accounts or sign up their their wife's email or their cousin's email, like something. Right? I don't I don't know how desirable these particular seats or standing room areas are going to be, but it's going to be. I don't encourage this. I'm not encouraging this, but there's definitely going to be people who are looking at the secondary market and they're saying, "I'm going to make some money on yes, this." Yes, absolutely, a hundred percent. Yeah. So, all right. I, I will have the computer fired up 10 a.m. tomorrow. All right, let's finish it up. Number one. Inflation moving uh, some families to move to cities with a lower cost of living. Personal website, WalletHub. 2023's best and worst places to raise a family. And Lincoln, number 12. Hey, all right. Just behind Seattle and ahead of Columbia, Maryland. So... Not too bad on that whole thing. And they did particularly well on the rankings for, uh, let's see, what is that? I'll like cut it off so I can't see what the whole thing is. But, yeah, they did They did very well. Look at Des Moines, Iowa, 75. Hey, take that. To, now, are we ahead of Madison? That's what I need to know. Is yes. Madison, we're ahead of Madison in a ranking. Hey. Goes Fremont, California, then Overland Park, Kansas. Of course, Overland you know? Park. <laughs> Irvine, Irvine, California, Plano, Texas, uh, South Burlington, Vermont. San Diego? Yeah, San Diego is a good place to do anything. San Jose, Scott, Sedale, Gilbert, and San Francisco make up the top 10. All right, 757, we'll take a break. It's LNK. Omaha's 27th. <laughs> it's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 809, welcome back on a Wednesday morning. And uh, it's been a while since we've talked tech with our tech gadgets, social media marketing guru, Jason Peterson, but he joins us now from Generate Marketing. Jason, good morning. How are you doing today? Uh, Jack, I'm doing great. Very good. Good to talk to you. I wanted to uh, I want to start. I know we're going to talk about um, 
uh, ChatGPT and some other AI stuff. But one of the things that we've already talked about this morning is uh, another group of AI industry leaders um, has put out a statement about AI sort of warning about doomsday with this thing. Uh, and this includes the CEO of uh, of OpenAI, um, the so-called godfather of AI, Jeffrey Hinton, uh, executives and researchers from Google DeepMind and Anthropic, Microsoft's chief technology chair, um, among others on this. And the crux of it is that they said mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks as pandemic and nuclear war. So not to start off, start off your morning with some negative news and uh, be talking about human extinction to kick things off, Jason. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm just curious, when you hear these, actually these execs, these creators who have sort of led the field in ushering these things in, warn about this industry that they're involved in, what are your, uh, what, I'm just curious kind of what your reaction to hearing something like that is. Well, Jack, I guess I would say, as it relates to innovation, I think in general, I think it's important and it's becoming more of a priority in a lot of things to have, I would say, common sense guardrails uh, for safety purposes. Now, <laughs> you're right. These, it, I don't believe they're trying to be hyperbolic. I mean, I think what they're trying to do is, and I, and again, I, I, I am. I'd like to believe that what they're they're trying, you know, this isn't lip service, Jack. What they're trying to do is actually create a sense of urgency that it is imperative that there are some guardrails put in place. And that requires, Jack, I would say some common sense participation and collaboration with policymakers. And if there's anything I think that we've noticed probably in the last 10 years is that policymakers are abysmally behind and not staying current with what's changing. Case in point, when we've seen technology companies go in front of Congress, it's been a completely laughable joke. Yes. So I do think um, this is a bit of a cage-rattling scenario. Yeah, it sounds like Terminator 2, I mean, for crying out loud. But I do think, for the listeners, I think really the message here and the reason they're being so emphatic is that we need to take this seriously in that this is not something we can just say, hey, man, we're just going to let, you know, all it kind of sort itself out. Right. Um, there's going to need to be some major players. And, and again, I do. I am encouraged by the fact that although you're right, I think some of these innovators out of the gate did not necessarily realize or anticipate, which sounds kind of stupid, Jack, honestly. How right. significant it would advance. You're like, duh, come on now, guys. Are you serious? Right. But like everything, we live in a somewhat reactionary culture. And so now we're like, okay, cat's out of the bag, guys. Now we need to, we need to really try to stay on top of this. Now you're right. There is a ton of debate as far as can we, can we control this? Can we maintain it? And I still like to believe, Jack, in, in all the years I've been around technology that yes, but I think it is going to require that, you know, <laughs> Main Street in this particular, more of a Wall Street and more of the technology Silicon Valley, I would say more specifically, see Silicon Valley and Capitol Hill, they're going to have to get along. Um, that has not happened up to this point. 
But I'd say now is the time to put aside uh, partisan politics, and we need to talk about this and have some honest discussion on how we can maybe put some uh, some guardrails in place. I feel like this is like the uh, the people who created Jurassic Park saying to the uh, the <laughs> militaries of the world, like, hey, you probably ought to have some ships ready in case these dinosaurs try and fly or swim out of here to the mainland. Um, yeah, it it is funny. Like, like again, to me, to just a, a a layman person like myself that participates in tech and 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 tries to you know obviously stay on top of it, it is sort of like, come on, guys, really? So you're telling me that you didn't think that this might do this? Right. I, I, I think that there's just been the leaps and how quickly it's occurred, which again for me, Jack, doesn't shock me now. You know, on the flip side, I keep trying to tell people this whenever I meet with them is that AI has been a part of my business for a very long time. I mean, when I say long, like probably at least five to seven years as it relates to YouTube and Google and stuff like that. I mean, everybody wants to be in the top 10 in Google. Google has been doing natural language processing, which in geek speak really means that they've been reading websites and analyzing websites on what people say, how they say them, and is what is that content quality that says that plumber is different than that plumber, okay? So AI has been part of our ecosystem for a, for a long time. Now, what they're talking about is a level of, you know, learning where it's figuring stuff out and it's doing stuff. So again, I... I I think what's hard, Jack, to discern is when you have industry players like that, uh, how how do we as consumers, as people that are just in the public, absorb that kind of information? And the best, I guess, takeaway for me is this is, as much as it is a message for us, I think it's a message that, look, we need to have like the meeting of the minds. We need to work together. We need to be able to uh, solve this problem collectively between uh, Capitol Hill and between Silicon Valley. That's my that's my humble opinion, what, I guess. I like I see you, you had sent over an article to me, and I looked at it about like the Chat GPT, which originally was the most probably the most frequently used one at the outset of this thing, already being obsolete just because the other like the Google Bards or some of the other ones are using better technology than it. I just don't remember a technology, uh, Jason, where like. Four months ago, I didn't ever talk or think about it, right? And I'm not right. saying it didn't exist, but four months ago, I wasn't talking about it or thinking about it on my show, and now we talk about it almost every day. And this is four years ago or 40 years ago. It's four months ago. Yeah. That's the crazy thing about this. And then just the way the technology is moving, that that chat GPT thing just a couple of months ago was, you know, everybody was trying it for the first time. It was the first entry point for a lot of people. And now, what, two, three months later, People are saying it's obsolete. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, and I guess for us, maybe the part that's missing is that for us to comprehend what does bad look like, right? I mean, I think everything that you and I go back to, I mean, we said Jurassic Park. I'm thinking Terminator 2. So uh, obviously, it's not that it isn't bad or important, but I think the picture we have in our head, I think is still very muddy. I think that's the thing that what I maybe I don't want to say it was an irresponsible press release, but what it what it does, although it's it's fanning the flames, it doesn't necessarily address or they, they need to do a better job of 
great. You're doing this. You have 99%, if not more, of the population that has no clue of what you mean, right? We need to get this down to a third grade level. We need to talk about, okay, why is this so bad? Let's talk through. I mean, we, we have been struggling with deep fakes. We've been struggling with misinformation and how to reconcile some of those issues. But I think they need to do a better job of, okay, guys, that's awesome. This is where Silicon Valley gets such a bad rap is that, hey, man, as an IT person, you need to be able to translate this to a a normal human being who can talk and say, okay, gotcha. All right, message received. This is is a very powerful tech. This is uh, in the wrong hands. It can do very bad things. So let's now now we need to get into the solutions business. And I think that's for me is, uh, you know, I'm a little bit maybe disappointed that in the in the context of these press releases and things. um, And again, it's very possible that the news sources of all different angles are just they're going to focus on the stuff that's going to get as most the most clicks. But that's, I think, the part we need to work with the listeners on and work with the public in general is. Let's start to really educate people so they understand uh, as much as we can right now uh, why we should be concerned and what does it look like, what are the consequences, so that we're not using Hollywood as a frame of reference for what we view as, you know, end of times as it relates to AI. That's the best reference point that we've got, really. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, and, and and to me, to be honest, like, that's not a great reference point. You know, that that's, that's all we know. So again, I think education here is huge. And that honestly, for me is the only way you're going to get, uh, I mean, I, I do think amidst all of the chaos and the terrible things that happened with COVID, it, we did prove that at a humanity level, there are some things. I mean, my brother-in-law is a doctor in Mayo Clinic. They did some great stuff. I mean, you had some people that solved some very impossible problems and I do think that now, like, we have the capacity, I think, as people. I mean, I'm kind of a glass half full, but also half empty at the same time, that w- we, we can figure stuff out. But the key is cooperation. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key. If we don't cooperate, then I don't think, yeah, then, then I think that the consequences could be dire. But I do believe in the capacity that uh, if we choose to do so, you know, we're pretty smart. And I think if we get enough people at the table, then I think this can be something that maybe they can get their arms around. So there have been, obviously, too, you know, good, interesting uh, developments in what some of this technology could do. I don't know if people saw that video of the man who had been paralyzed for years and was able to walk, basically, because sensors would transmit his brain waves into AI, and then they would bypass his nerves, the nerves that were damaged, and allowed him to yes. walk for the first time. That was crazy. And then, you know, less on the health end of it, more, I know, you know, you, you had you had shared an article with me where Google is, is working on um, using AI basically to do these virtual, kind of virtual meetings and sort of like the uh, Princess Leia hologram type thing. Yes, um, yes. You know, like, what's something like that? How is, how, how is that going to be inf- impactful? Well, I, I, like I said, I do think, you know, but what we have to remember is, yes, there is all this clearly, as we've just discussed, the things that we have to be concerned with. But we can we also need to also remember that if used properly, if used responsibly, uh, a lot of I mean, again, we just came out of a time where I don't look at this as like life mission critical. But no, 
I mean, Google's developed technology where, I mean, I still even know I have people come to my office all the time. I have a ton of like clients and people that I visit with out of state, for example, um, where you can literally like have a, you know, again, imagine a, 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 you know, a webcam on steroids that what you're looking at in, in your screen of your TV or however you want to say it outside of the, the, the monitor or TV where they're like just in the room. So I think that stuff, that three-dimensional, you know, augmented reality that we've discussed a little bit, I mean, that's going to be there, um, which, again, I think uh, helps with, you know, uh, better quality interaction as much as we can when we're not in the same room. But I do think the part of me that does excite me is there is a ton of problems uh, like we talked about with medical where we're talking about with anytime we have to crunch data. I know I talked about weather. I mean, if we're dealing with just trying to reconcile all the environmental stuff, regardless of where you fall in the political spectrum, we know that what, what if we could actually do a better job of, uh, you know, being ahead on a hurricane, knowing exactly where it lands, all that kind of stuff. AI could, could vastly, if not, not entirely solve prevention. So, you know, again, that's why I, I think uh, the this initial article is maybe a little frustrating for me is we have to look at the entire picture. Um, and there are a lot of great things that can be done. Um, so, I mean, are the, you know, like I said, I think where I look at this is you, in order to solve a problem, you have to look at it from all angles. And uh, I do think that there's some incredible advances that could assist in making things better. But like I said, we've got to have everybody at the table that's going to work together then to put in those guardrails. Um, uh, just a little bit of a, a different topic to finish things off here in the couple minutes that we've got left. I always like to get some insight in from you for kind of tech trends with uh, as it uh, obtains or pertains, I should say, to to local businesses, the clients that you work with. Um, what What are you seeing right now just in terms of that that people should be aware of? Well, I think the main thing is, you know, in in the world in the space I live in, where clearly our job is to help small businesses, which is what we specialize in, helping them get sales and referrals using digital tools and traditional. But the main thing I have seen, I mean, I operate in kind of the creative agency ad agency space, is that there's this kind of I don't know sort of collective understanding that we're all we're all trying to fight the same fight. What has started to happen is, is there's a lot of players that are not local that are kind of trying to come in, call a lot of businesses, you know, dazzle them with statistics that they have no idea if are accurate and are kind of scaring clients into believing, surprisingly, that there's this doomsday situation. Their website is terrible. And by the way, if you sign a six-month contract or a 12-month contract, I can double your business in two months. That's the kind of things that are happening. It's predatory sales practices. So I think that's my advice to listeners is it's kind of that common sense. If somebody's calling you and just, you know, you've got a, you know, a local person, uh, somebody that's worked on your website and somebody's coming in trying to tell you that the earth is falling and they've done everything wrong. Um, be very, very skeptical. Um, they are not locally and invested in this community. We have an incredible uh, creatives, you know, uh, industry as far as agencies and developers and designers that serve Lincoln, the capital city. 
So again, I just tell people, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is not. It's probably not true. So just kind of be watching for that. I think all those small business owners that listen um, to just make sure that there's a lot of predatory practices as it relates to trying to help them use digital marketing to get sales. And in most cases, it's, you know, it's a it's a hoax. It's not going to help you out. Great information from Jason Peterson, Generate Marketing on uh, the tech world, the quickly moving news, and then uh, the stuff in the tech world that's impacting our local businesses as well. Always appreciate your time, Jason. Let's uh, do it again sometime soon, all right? Sounds good, Jack. Thanks a lot, man. There you go. Jason Peterson, Generate Marketing, right here on KLIN. It's 826. We'll take a break. It is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Is your business or organization impacted by the latest severe weather? Let Lincoln know by signing up under the Closings tab at KLIN.com. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. Yes, John Bishop joins us right now. I believe fresh off a uh, a dentist appointment, if I've got that correct. Was that was that? Yeah, man. How did it I'll go? Any cavities? Well, okay. Here's the deal. So, I hadn't had a dentist appointment in years. Oh, jeez. Uh, the last one, the last because I was I was on a good schedule there with the old biannual cleaning, and then the the last cleaning I was scheduled to have was during like the first week of the COVID shutdown. And and that's when I, I just, you know, obviously I wasn't going then, and then I just got away from it. So today was taking x-rays and blah, blah, blah. I Is there anything, you would think, you know, we put a man on the moon, we used a Commodore 64 to do it. Um, isn't there a way we can do the dental x-rays without sticking the giant horseshoe thing in your mouth and making you gag? <laughs> I mean, man, that was like, and now they're taking like x-rays like from all these different angles. Yeah. Like I had that thing in my mouth in angles I've never had it before. <laughs> Go ahead, cut out the drop, Caleb. I don't care. <laughs> you couldn't even see us in here but I looked at Jack so fast. <laughs> so, but seriously, just cut it man, out and I, send it to him. There's like Omaha. three or four times where I almost like gagged, you know? It was just yeah, it was incredible. Oh, wow. Well, I yeah, I did you get did you get reprimanded for not flossing enough? Well, uh, no, actually, you know, wow. the dentist was very complimentary of the teeth. And now I now I haven't you know, you the cleaning come here less happen. often, <laughs> I guess, I guess the only thing I the only thing he said was, hey, you should have an electric toothbrush. And I used to, but it, the battery died years ago, so I never got a new one. But yeah, other than that, technology. you know, I'm I'm you know, I still have my wisdom teeth, which is why I'm such the smart, the oh, smart wow. person that I am. You know, wow! I, you almost said that coherently. Yeah, I, I know. Do, I <laughs> the funny, wisdom teeth. I got my wisdom teeth taken out when I was, I think, uh, I don't know, sophomore, junior in high school, or or something like that. Um, and I remember, and I assume they still do this, but they give you laughing gas when you get your wisdom teeth out, or they did at least then. And uh, so that was my first experience with uh, with drugs. I mean. <laughs> 
And it didn't, I mean, <laughs> the, the good news is, I mean, I came out of it fine, but that didn't discourage me from taking drugs, I would say. No. Uh, Are you kidding? If your first experience with high-powered, you know, narcotics is laughing gas, yeah, I would it was, think I, that. It felt I like mean, my body was peeling up off the table. And then the other thing is they, um, they uh, on on the TV, they had the TVs up on the ceiling there. And they had Nickelodeon on at the time, which Nickelodeon used to, oh, during geez. the 90s, played like nonstop reruns of old show, like old shows. And they had Flipper on. Uh, <laughs> and I could not, I was just, I was so intrigued with Flipper that day and thought it was kind of funny. And I was just zoned out completely completely high on laughing gas watching flipper that day you know so. they, they they talk all the time and by the way congratulations minnesota you're now high yeah um you know about marijuana is a gateway drug the real gateway drug is going to the dentist and getting your wisdom <laughs> teeth taken out right right that's the gateway drug because i mean listen you, you know if, if you're if you're laughing to flipper which right. no one's laughed at in 60 years. Right. Then. Right. The, now, the problem is the ensuing days after, the, you know, it. once it wears off, once things wear off and the Novocaine wears off, it's a pretty miserable few days after that. And you kind of yeah. forget, you forget, kind of forget the good times. But <laughs> I'm glad I was able to keep myself uh, illicit drug free after after uh, after that whole experience throughout my youth. Uh, that was that was very good. Yeah, how about that? Minnesota, the latest state now to legalize recreational marijuana. John, I couldn't help but notice that goes in effect on August 1st. So if there are any people for any reason traveling to Minnesota later in August, it will be legal at that time. Mm. Just a heads up. Well, uh, and well, think about it. Nebraska's first two games. Or at That's Minnesota true. and at Colorado. We're taking a pot tour of America. <laughs> What's next? Or, Oregon. Oh, oh, Oregon. Hey, <laughs> hey, and look. Look who's coming to the Big Ten. California. <laughs> That's true. I'm looking forward to the next new Big Ten arrival. Puerto Rico. <laughs> Jamaica. J- J- Jamaica State. <laughs> Jamaica A and M, which will uh, be primetime on NBC for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, uh, what is the deal? Uh, NBC announced so the Big Ten's got this great new TV deal. This very making the gobs best. of money on it, unless uh, unless the whiny Big Ten schools who can't b- be bothered to play at night in November screw things up. Uh, but they've got this thing, and they're paying a ton of money. And NBC announces one of their lineups of games that they're going to put on one of the weekends and their primetime game on week what week 2 I believe of the season mm-hmm. uh the 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 best Big 10 hosted game of that weekend is Charlotte at Maryland and that is going to be like one of the first NBC big primetime blowouts for the Big 10 and it's Charlotte and Maryland how in yeah, that I mean this this would be a game that would show up on one of the uh, BTN Plus channels. You know, 100%. you know how they have the the carryover channels yeah. on 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 Allo or or Spectrum. Yeah, that's that's where this game would be. Now it's on primetime in NBC. This is like the worst thing to happen to NBC's primetime lineup since Bill Cosby. <laughs> We've heard, I've heard I, a few just, different versions of that joke, but that's the first one that I heard. Bill Cosby, huh? Well, I mean, well, the show was successful, but you know, yes. it's no, I remember. Yeah, that's one thing you don't see replayed on Nick at Night. No, you don't. No, you um, don't. But seriously, but yeah, but 
if anything, it's it's a reminder, and you know we're going to get probably a good chunk of the early game schedules here today later today. But the 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 non conference schedule this year in college football is just straight garbage. It's bad, and I never thought I would say this, but that's because we lost a lot of those neutral site games that we usually get in Atlanta and Orlando or Houston or Dallas or whatever. Uh, this year is just it, the first month of the college football season, save for a couple of games like, you know, Texas and Alabama um, it, it, from a national standpoint is just going to be bleh. right. You'd be like, hey, when's October get here? Which I think is the game that goes head to head with that Maryland. Uh, that it is. Maryland game it is. Over on probably on ABC uh, yeah. but or ESPN. But yeah, that'll be. Oh. That's rough. That's rough. And so now the Big Ten, every you know, every other conference, the SEC fans are making fun of the Big Ten and the networks for shelling out to get games like this. And you might be saying, well, Jack, isn't the Nebraska-Colorado game that it? Well, it is, but it's at Colorado, meaning Colorado's got the TV rights and the Pac-12 has the TV rights to that. And so yeah. that uh, more likely would, would end up on... You know, ESPN probably or or something like a that. Fox. Or a I think Fox. it's going to be on Fox. Or a Fox. I mean, it'll probably be at eleven a.m. and ugh, God. yeah, yeah. There's there Brutal. there's that too. But it is it is an interesting question. Is how to like is the Big Ten going to have to step up their scheduling game <laughs> if they're like I wonder if that's even in the contract. How do how do the networks make sure that you don't have a month of crappy football essentially from the Big Ten and you've got good you've got good inventory to be able to put on? I'd be concerned if I was at NBC about that. I, honestly, I don't I, I don't know. I, I mean, the Big Ten just recently lifted their requirement that you had to you know play at least one Power Five non conference game. Not that they really enforced it very strongly. I look at Michigan's schedule last year for an example. Um, but you know, what they're really paying for are those nine weeks of conference versus conference. That's what they're really paying for. And then you hope that you stumble into a good non-conference game or two, but yeah, this was always going to be the trick because, you know, there are some weeks, you know, where there's just not a, even in, even in conference season, just the way the schedule is made up, the schedule maker. You know, the NFL's got this big old computer that, you know, pumps out all these different permutations and things like that. Uh, the Big Ten might need to invest in something like that to ensure that it's going to have quality games each week or one of its partners is going to get left behind and get left with a Maryland versus Charlotte game um, because, you know, you're just not going to you're not going to always have quality matchups every week. This isn't the AFC you know, it's just um, it's so, so crazy because they're going to roll out like NBC. They're going to have high production value for those. Oh, NBC sure. They're going to have their games. studio shows going to be There's, there. I yeah, mean, the Charlotte players are going to walk out on the field and say, what are these things? What are these TV and cameras? It might for? not even be a full stadium. Like, no, it might be. It probably a, won't. A three, I don't know what Maryland's doing attendance wise this day. And they're on the up up right now. But still. It is just going to be this weird overlay of this glossy product that's in. Now I don't know. Maybe they have a, a game, week one game that they're going to do too. I'm actually not. Totally. They have they have uh, Penn State. Their their opener is Penn State West Virginia. Okay, well that's pretty good. But th- yeah, th- I, I mean, mean for, yeah, it's it's good enough. But poor old Todd Blackledge, who left his you know gig at ESPN to be the number one guy at NBC, is going to look around going. 
I left the second best right. game in the SEC for this. Yeah, they're gonna have a right. They're gonna have a big. They'll, they'll roll it out with the big whiteout probably and everything for that first week of West Virginia, and then week two is just gonna feel like a a letdown on that whole thing. <laughs> and somehow, somehow, as we keep getting these trickling out every every few days, and uh, some Big Ten stuff, we still uh, got nothing on Nebraska yet. Still to this point, we're past Memorial Day now, John. We should be getting something, shouldn't we? I think soon? I think we're gonna get a bunch of stuff today. I today, think. oh, okay. Ooh. I think um, at least you know Josh, who's not a TV ratings guy, um, is he's he's he thinks that there's gonna be a lot of stuff announced today. So if that's the case, you know we should find out uh, officially where things are going to be. I mean, we know we know what Nebraska Minnesota is gonna be. It's gonna be in prime time on that first Thursday, right? And then we'll find out probably Colorado and and then which you know I, I was I, honestly when I saw the deal come out on Maryland and, and Charlotte I'm thinking listen I know Northern Illinois isn't you know all that in a bag of chips but at least it's a division you know a you know a, a FBS versus FBS game yeah you know put put that on NBC in prime time at least you'll have you'll have a full house yeah you know it'll, you'll it'll have, have a better feel than that one will yeah you got one well I guess no that's the, the week that's the week that's the next week but it's not yeah yeah the next week but uh, but there that's is what I'm saying there was UNLV at Michigan which I actually would probably I'm surprised they didn't take that right UNLV at Michigan yeah. is that week that sounds like a it's still not ideal but it's still it's closer than Charlotte at at Michigan, or excuse yeah. me, Charlotte at, at Maryland with that. Um, I wanted to think, uh, I wanted to see, I know uh, the team that uh, you cover day-to-day with uh, as, as play-by-play announcer for Creighton, they got one of their big guys back, Ryan Kalkbrenner, is coming back. I don't know how, I, I kind of assumed that was happening, but maybe it was more up in the air than I thought. Uh, there's a good chance we hear something from Keisei Tominaga today as you've watched players kind of go through this feeling out process for the NBA do you have any any thoughts? What do you, anything that you think is likely that we're going to hear? I, there seems to be momentum that he's coming back right now, but you know how it is with these things in Nebraska basketball. Well, you know, it's that workout. You know, was yesterday, so it was kind of eleventh hour. Um, Creighton's waiting on Trey Alexander. Um, okay, so yeah, it's going to be down to the wire. If I had to, if I had to guess right now, just based on you know the reports and just kind of where I see things going. I think I think Tominaga is going to be back. And I guess right now, just based on the lateness of it, uh, obviously Trey Alexander's really, you know, wrestling with the decision. I would I'm probably leaning that he will stay in the draft. Hmm. Um but, you know, we still have I guess it's uh 13 hours. So it's it's 11 o'clock tonight. It's midnight Eastern time. Eleven o'clock here in the in central time zone. So, yeah, we got about what thirteen, fourteen hours left yeah. uh, before we find out for sure. Um, but you know, this is and the thing that can, can make the decision even harder now is is nil because you know that's money you know you're guaranteed to get. Whereas with the NBA, you've got the you got the possibility of a two way contract or is it a G League contract or right. you know obviously if, if either of these guys thought they were in the first round they would be staying in yeah um, so the real question here is you know what what kind of assurances can they get um, and but that would be my prediction right now I'd say Tominaga's back and Alexander stays in but we'll see and, and I, I don't know what do you think. It's going to be, you know, I think there's still certainly questions around Nebraska. They're still going to be rate, rated 
you know, twelfth or thirteenth in the league when the preseason ratings come out, but there'll be something sort of different with Tominaga there at the beginning, even if nothing else, just in terms of the hype and attention, even as compared with when like Bryce McGowan's was here or something like that. Don't do you think so too, as kind of looking at from the outside? There's gonna be a, a different well, fascination yeah. there's gonna be a different fascination more regionally and nationally with this team. Because with Tominaga you have something that's proven, right? Uh, with with McGowan's, it was it was potential, um, right? High potential, but potential. With Tominaga, we saw you know the last couple months of the season, we actually saw it at the major college level, and and yeah, and, and the fact that he he had kind of uh, become the most well, not kind of, he was the most popular guy on the team, and kind of a flashpoint for you know some level of excitement um, that. Yeah, th- this year will probably enter with. I don't know what I don't know if hype is the right word, but it'll be Attention. more of an excitement. It'll be more of an excitement than we've seen in quite some time, mm-hmm. right? Um, because you know the, the you know the pieces around him have gotten a little bit better. You're right. I mean, you know, until until Nebraska actually proves that it can do it, they're always going to be. 12th, 13th, 14th in the Big Ten preseason. But, you know, all it takes is one good season, and that can change everything. So yeah. um, I think I think the, the potential is there for probably the most preseason excitement for Nebraska basketball that we've had in quite some time. And then, you, of course, you always factor in, you know, how is football doing at that moment, right? right. I mean, if football is still – if it looks like there's some hope that a bowl game might happen or maybe even something better than a bowl game, maybe the bowl game's already clinched by the beginning of November, Ooh. you know, the rising tide lifts all ships. Right. And and I think there'll just be a general, you know, excitement all across the board. So, yeah, it could be very interesting late fall around here. And then, you know, obviously whatever volleyball does, uh, too, because everything, everything just kind of rides together, you know? Yeah. With this fan base, I uh, I was looking at one of the charts you posted yesterday as you were probably doing College World Series prep, and you went through and said how many times all the different seeds mm-hmm. from regionals had gone through to the College World Series and the championship. I was surprised how many three seeds, especially lately, um, has gone have made it to the College World Series and even had some success in in the College World Series. And then I got really depressed because that's probably what Nebraska <laughs> would have been, and um, and it's, I'm just bummed not to see this team really get a chance to. I don't know if you ever got healthy. Bryce Matthews at the end of the season, and I just would have loved to see them try and slug it out in a regional and and see how it going. But that's not to be, not to be. But as you're kind of looking at the early regional fields, um, you got any got any thoughts yet on you know who may be? Is there going to be a huge favorite in this College World Series? Is there going to, any teams that you see that might turn out to kind of be favorites, underdogs going through uh, in Omaha? What are you seeing with the early field? Well, Wake Forest, you know, they they were they were the overwhelming choice for the number one overall seed. Now, again, that's been a curse, but their pitching staff is really really good. Um, I I'm gonna I'm gonna lean heavily into any SEC school because you know they've got the they've got the pedigree. You know, you got Florida and Arkansas up there uh, who are who are certainly contenders. Anytime LSU is thick in the mix, I'll never rule out a Vanderbilt. Um, but as we've seen, and you're right, you know, the last few years, we've seen some deep runs from from schools. You know, Old Miss was a three seed last year and they won the whole thing. Um, I wouldn't I would not be surprised at all 
In fact, we've had at least one three seed in, what is it, uh, nine of the last 11 tournaments. That's crazy. We've had a regional three seed, and one year we had two. The year that Michigan uh, went to the national championship, them and Florida State were both regional three seeds. So, you know, and and if there's one thing, you know, I was talking to Mike Farron yesterday, our baseball correspondent, the, the, the balance in these regionals, they, even though there was a lot of controversy, not enough Western teams were represented. Um, you know, the RPI may have been too heavily relied upon. It looks like there's some really balanced regionals, uh, in there. I was still surprised that Maryland got sent to Wake Forest. I thought, you know, winning. You know, both ends yeah. of the Big Ten championship, and then they would they wouldn't get sent. And then what? There, Iowa but, got Indiana State, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Iowa got Indiana State, but 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 don't overlook North Carolina. Yeah, and uh, North Carolina is the three seed in that regional. Just, if there's a school that could make that run, it could be North Carolina. So so there's a lot of really good competitive balance across all the regionals. So you know, it could be a lot like last year where it was two top eight seeds made it, two. uh nine through 16 seeds or other number one seeds made it three regional two seeds and one regional three seed. It could be like that where it's very balanced across the board. God, I miss regionals. I mean, I love this. I love this. And I really wish Nebraska was in it. So yeah, hopefully well, they're losing a lot. So I don't know about next year, but um disappointed. You know, you know they lost quite a bit from last year and then they true. were able to fight back. So, yeah. I mean, that's nowadays with the transfer portal and, you know, the recruiting class they're bringing in, you know, it, it, it can turn fast. That's true. Hey, uh, good to talk to you, John. Thank you. Have a good show today. Congrats on the good dentist appointment, and we'll talk Yay. to you again next week. All right. <laughs> there you go, John Bishop, 1620 The Zone. Wrap it up after this to KLIN.